All right. Um, we we waiting for Rob. Are you ready? Go. You ready, willing, and able? Okay. Okay. See what you guys get. You guys got the get the inside kind of dynamics of all this. You know. Okay. All right. Uh, we're ready. Go. All right. Let's call the meeting to order. Roll call. Uh, Mr. Lamar. Present. Mr. Present. Ms. Hughes. Present. Okay. We stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay, uh, I make a motion to approve the meeting minutes of February 17, 2021. Do I hear a second? Second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Committee? Yes. Ms. Hughes? Yes. Okay, now we move to open forum. Okay, any questions from open forum? Um, I have two people signed in and I have three um, messages. Do I read those first? first? Okay. The first one is from Jeff Ayers, who is the owner, oh, sorry, <laughs> owner of Jersey Mike's at the Worcester Pike Promenade. Um, and uh, Mr. Ayers wanted to um, say that customers are now coming in with their gift cards and it's going to be a great program for them and they appreciate everything it's that, that the trustees are doing for the restaurants and they know it must have been a tremendous amount of work and thank you all. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate them taking the time to write that. Yes. Then there is one from um, Peggy Landis from Williams Meadow. Did I say that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. Um, and Peggy says, good morning on another glorious sunshine day. I want to thank you, thank you so much for all you are doing for our beloved Columbia Township. The new innovative initiatives are just great. Chuck and I received our Angelo's gift card and had a delicious pizza, thanks. <laughs> also, once again, we had the number one A-plus streets during those snowy days, snowy, snowy days. Hats off to the fabulous crew who so tirelessly, tirelessly kept us cleaned and safe. We are the envy of neighboring areas. Please convey our appreciation to the other trustees and staff and also let me know if I may help our community in any way. Honored to do so. Hope you have a nice day. Peggy Landis. Well, she nice. the one who brought flowers. Nice one. Yes. Thank you, Peggy. That's, nice. Nice. That's so nice. I love you. <laughs> and she's lived there forever, so she is the nice. mayor of Williams Meadows. <laughs> then Charlie Severe um, from 50 West wrote, our Columbia Township sponsored ice rink was such a success for 50 West in, 20 and in 2020 and 21. Starting off slow in November, word of mouth grew quickly throughout the township and surrounding communities, which led to a sold out month of December. We received over 500 total Columbia Township coupon code redemptions, largely digital, in November, December, January, and February, which exceeded any goal or metric prior to build out. The 50 West campus is family friendly and this ice rink provided an outdoor suburban COVID-19 safe winter activity for families throughout the winter. January rink programming followed including broom ball leagues and youth hockey tournaments with some teams traveling from as far away as Tennessee to compete. By January, neighboring townships, country clubs and businesses reached out asking what went into financing and constructing this ice rink as they wanted to duplicate our model because people loved it so much. Without question, we couldn't have facilitated this ice rink without Columbia Township's investment. Beyond providing value to township residents, 
The rink's success allowed us to drive traffic and revenue, which kept so many staff members employed throughout the winter, as our staff size would surely contract with the rest of the restaurant hospitality industry during COVID. We hope to discuss a continued partner partnership in 2022 and make this rink an annual centerpiece of the Columbia Township community. Stay tuned to our social media as we plan to post a thank you note to everyone who patronized the rink and tag Columbia Township. Bob, Bobby, our entire staff and I thank you for making this rink happen. Your investment is yet another shining example in our continued exemplary public-private partnership that provides jobs, family-friendly activities, and added value to this wonderful community. I can't wait to see what we do together next. Appreciati appreciatively, Charles Severe. Well, nice planning. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Charles, and all the Slatters for writing that. And it was been been a great, great partnership, and it was great to watch those guys pivot, and uh, obviously us all to help solve the problem they needed. But for those guys to react, I remember sitting with them and thought, if we can pull off helping you guys, can you within a month put a skating ring up? And they did, and they employed a lot of you know young people from the schools that really loved it, and uh, brought the community together. And I was amazed they were able to pull it off as much as we were able to pull it off. So it was a great, great partnership. And thank you for the kind words, Charlie, and the, the, all the slatteries and all the 50 West people. Um, and then signed up to speak, um, Britt, James Britt Sang of Vinewood Avenue. Great. All right. And if you, if you want to use the podium. Oh, sure. I may have to take this off if that's, yeah, what do you think? I mean, what, whatever you guys prefer, feel comfortable with. Okay. Okay, thanks for having me. My name is Britt Sang. I live on Vinewood Avenue, 6036 Vinewood, and um, was coming in this afternoon just to, to talk to you guys a little bit about some um, development issues related to some home building and uh, that we've experienced in the past and some that we're sort of anticipating in the future. Uh, as well with some um, properties being sold recently um, on Vinewood Avenue. Um, I've been there five years and I'm sort of one of the newbies on the street. It's a great street, um, been really a great experience uh, getting to know the neighbors and, and just getting to know that this part of, of Madison Place and, and Madisonville and all. Um, and so I'm really here coming with a a concern about the increased density that we're seeing on, on the street and, and really in much of Madison Place um, related to the build out of not only vacant lots and side lots, but also some teardowns and, and some, um, some other builds of that nature. Um, and it, it's a great thing that Madison Place in Madisonville is becoming more popular. It's obviously still an affordable place, which is very attractive. And, you know, a lot of folks are getting priced out of a lot of neighborhoods. And, and I think they find themselves moving toward Madison Place and Madisonville. And it's, it's wonderful. I mean, there are great things happening. And I, I love that about it. Um, however, um, uh, just recently across the street from my house at 6837, there was a, a probably the most charming house on the street in terms of architectural character was was uh, owned for 30 years by the same family a couple of kids raised there there and 
the mother and father passed away, and eventually the kids sold the property just last week, Mary, maybe. And um, the person buying it was a, is a builder who just built a house uh, across the street at 6828, I believe, recently. Anyway, so the, what we hear, and, we, and I don't know this for, for a fact, is that they're taking this um, one single parcel with this charming house on it. They're gonna de- he's going to demolish the house, and then he's going to put up three houses in its place. That's, it's very dense. I mean, that's obviously way more dense than what's there now. Uh, and that's a concern that, that I have just in, for, for a few reasons, really, is um, aesthetically the builders putting up these sort of suburban style, I would call them suburban style homes that, you know, you're kind of greeted with a, a big driveway, double wide driveway with a double garage door that's what people want i get it you know they want a two-car garage but that's kind of what you see from the street and um with a little tiny offside door you know for for an entrance with you know whereas the neighborhood now is made up of homes from the 40s and 50s mostly with you know all have front porches people like to hang around on their porch you know that's kind of a lot of what people do there uh, currently. And then most homes have a, a single car garage or no garage at all, or they may have a detached garage if they have enough land to do that. So I guess the first thing is is just the compatibility or or incompatibility of the design of, of the house that was already put up. And we understand that the same gentleman is, has bought the, the, the triple lot, so to speak, and has also purchased an, or getting ready to purchase another lot down the street mm-hmm. at um, 6844. So, um, in, again, I'm, I'm glad that the neighborhood is, is gaining popularity and it's still seen as affordable. Um, mm-hmm. That's all good. And it's, it's gaining a diversity that's great too. And um, I'm just, again, concerned about the the increased density, what that means for water runoff, what that means for shadows, what that means for, you know, height. You know, we're talking the neighborhood now is is made up of one and one and a half story homes. And, you know, as of right, from what I understand, the new builds can be up to 25 feet high. So that's two and a half stories plus, you know, which is, you know, it's, it towers over the neighbor's houses to, if you if you've seen the new build out uh, and it's a you know for what it is it's a handsome house I have to say there's no question it's desirable it has the amenities that people want I you know I understand that um, so the, that's my first concern is really the kind of the incompatible design the, the density and the height and what that does to neighboring properties like Mary's or Sharon on the other side. I'm just across the street, so I'm kind of just looking at it. So it's not, it's probably not going to be as much of an issue for me. But um, also that so much of the lot is going to be hard surface. It's either going to be under roof or paved, which leads to water runoff issues potentially. And that's already been an issue on the new house that was purchased or or built by the same gentleman. Um, The neighbor directly next to him just had a flooded basement because all that site water drained from the new house onto 
onto the driveway, which is it's the, the house in the driveway. I'm sorry, the two houses are driveway width apart, so the water must have just kind of run across the driveway right into the basement. So anyway, so those are some of the issues. And then, I mean, that, that kind of relates to the the building itself, if you will, the houses. Um, my other concern is just during construction, the relationship that we had with the builder was, it was kind of non-existent, I would say. People would try to to get a hold of him for various reasons, dumpsters overflowing and debris, you know, blowing down the street, trucks parked everywhere, you know, construction crews parked everywhere. There was no place on the site to park. I understand that. There's, it was such a small, you know, 35-foot site with a building foundation on the, you know, taking up almost all of it. So um, there were people parking everywhere. There were people, actually, we found people sleeping in their cars overnight who were the crews of this construction job. You know, they were sleeping there with the car running while, you know, waiting for daylight to start the job. Apparently, I don't know. But that happened a couple of times, which was kind of interesting. Um, anyway, and then just in terms of construction noise, construction debris, mud, you know, the disruptions with the deliveries and, the, you know, it's a construction project. I understand it. But if there's a way maybe to talk to the builder about how he's going to stage the project. Is he going to build all three homes at once? Probably not. He's probably going to sell lots and, and get people on board before he starts building. So maybe we can get cars off the street a little bit more if one house is going up at a time. Maybe we can talk to him about not working on Sundays, maybe not working on part of Saturday. That's a possibility. You know, maybe work, you know, working from 7.30 until 5.30 instead of extending, you know, those sorts of things. I'm not sure if you guys can help facilitate that type of thing um, with, with the new owner, but we haven't had a whole lot of luck with it previously. So kind of out there looking for a little bit of help if you guys can, can provide it. Okay. And, and for what I understand, I mean, this is, this is, these buildings are going up by right. He doesn't really have to go in front of his zoning board to get a variance for side yard, front yard, setbacks, density. I think it, from what I understand, the county tells me that this is all by right stuff. So understanding that, maybe we can work together on what happens during construction. So okay, thank you. Um, first of all, we hear you. And, um, and Brian and I walked uh, or drove over to the site. And I understand your concerns about density and such. I'll let Melissa talk about uh, how the process works as it relates to Hamilton County and what we're okay. governed by. Sure. As far as having some good um, liaison to the builder, I think one of us uh, can reach out to them and see if we can't use at least the the leverage of whatever township authority we have to go build better communication and better bedside manners, what I always call it. But um, but they're right. obviously going to be governed by noise ordinances and and all the other ordinances. So there's there, please understand there's things we can do and there's things we can't do. Sure, sure. But as a practical matter, this team will do whatever they can to help you and work with you and make it Great. as pleasant as an experience. Talk to the builders about what we can do to make it as as good as it could possibly be. And, right. and, and But to your point, mm -hmm. I like your uplifting message that uh, it is good that the community is desirable and people are doing this, so that yeah. is the good side of it. I do understand your concern about density and the character of the house is changing a little bit. That can be a little unusual, but 
Um, so appreciate your, your comments, and we sure. do hear you. And when I, as soon as we heard about it, we went and visited the site, so we're on it. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk, and and you know if you ever need to talk to me or questions that you know for we'll me, we'll get let your me number know. after after after. Yep, it's on the sign up. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. Did you have anything you want to add? Then? Did you have anything you wanted to add to what he said? Well, the, the reason that I'm here, honestly, unfortunately, is because of flooding. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I got involved in the community. It's because my basement flooded. I live on Row. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, a few, a few blocks away on the bottom of the hill. Right. And so, um, unfortunately, we have Mother Nature against us in many ways. And right. um, I got involved in a similar situation of what you just did. I came in and expressed concerns, and I found the township to be easy to work with and um, eventually in this position. So I have a lot of passion towards your concerns and we're, we're very limited with what we can do, but we'll certainly talk to the builder and um, we'll investigate it. That's the beauty of local township government. And I think that's all I can say and I'll let Melissa handle the heavy stuff. Thank you, Brian. We'll keep it light, but <laughs> I'm in an awkward like tennis court <laughs> situation, so I am, um, uh, just going to speak and occasionally, but I want, I'm speaking to the trustees, but I'm also speaking to you, so I didn't okay. want you to have my... First of all, I want to say I really appreciate how um, respectful and professional you were in your presentation. We don't... We welcome everyone to come in, and we understand that people can be very frustrated by things that happen to them, whether it, the township is involved or not, and you did it beautifully, I would give you an award if you gave out awards <laughs> for such things. Well, I already then, got my $25 too. <laughs> <laughs> I got my award already. I'm feeling more coming on. So, um, we, do, we do try, we have a very professional board, uh, we're, and uh, we do try to conduct professional meetings. We do understand that, that there's emotion and feeling. We're all neighbors as well. And it's just so refreshing to have someone who handles themselves as well as you did. And so I really appreciate that. Um, I will say that I um, uh, feel your concern. Um, I have had two neighborhoods where I've lived, the neighborhood where I grew up in, and my first home as a young adult with a family have interstates come through the backyard, mm. both. So you wonder about my my choices, uh, but uh, rapidly growing areas have a lot of demands, and so I, I remember the three years of construction for both of the interstates, the bulldozers and the dust and the noise and the problems, and so I, I do appreciate that. Um, I would say uh, just from a, very briefly from a uh, jurisdictional perspective, I think it's a great idea. We can talk to the builders that are building in the area because we cannot stop the market because that neighborhood is really hot and I expect that these these um, issues are going to grow. Uh, I know with Lieutenant Enderly here and I'm, I had a copy of your original email uh, to Brian and I know mm -hmm. that I would say 99% of the issues on that list um, other than the, the lack of access to the, the developer, the builder, uh, or things that uh, we can control through phone calls to the sheriff's office. So mm -hmm. Lieutenant Enderly's team is our police department and uh, we have a noise ordinance and when they operate outside mm -hmm. the noise ordinance, you can call the police mm -hmm. and um, uh, they will come immediately. Uh, whenever the street is um, blocked, it depends on the blockage. In terms of emergency vehicle access, we've actually had police and fire chief involved in mm -hmm. issues before 
there are actually areas of Madison Place where residents park on both sides of the street where there is no building construction where, a, where depending on the size of the two vehicles that happen to be parked across from each other on the street, I think Kenmore is one of, one of them, the fire chief, the, they cannot get the engines through and they are used to that because that's been the history of Madison Place and so they go around. So because Madison Place is laid out on a grid, it's very easy for people to go one block around. It's not, it may be frustrating, but it, the grid provides that. So we've actually coordinated with both police and with fire uh, what the concern is in terms of when you have, you know, mm -hmm. the street is blocked, so to speak. But if the, the street is completely blocked, if not even a car can go through, and in, in, a fire engine is one thing, but if not even a car can get through between other, two other cars, park construction vehicles, that is a matter for the police. You can call them and mm -hmm. um, they'll make sure that they take, take care of that. Uh, so noise, uh, um, block streets, if the developer or the builder is damaging your property because mm -hmm. they're parking, uh, that, is, that is a matter as well um, uh, that, can be, that can be addressed. Mm -hmm. Um, mud and such in the street, that is something, anything with the street right of way, the township will be happy to take mm -hmm. care of that. And I do know that in terms of, you had a mention of a trailer that was attached to a truck mm -hmm. and it was there. Um, if something is legally parked, it's legally parked, but um, uh, John Servizi, our road superintendent, mm -hmm. came both times yes. that there was a call and checked into it. So we're very responsive. Uh, for the things that we can bring in a resource like our police mm -hmm. or our fire or our road superintendent to address mm -hmm. a, I feel that we had been very responsive to the issues that came up during that build. In terms of, just very briefly to wrap up, uh, Columbia is a township. We're not a home rule township. We're a limited rural township, mm -hmm. so we do not have uh, jurisdiction over, and I'll switch here so that we can get this on the, on the microphone. We do not have jurisdiction over uh, zoning or building. And so, as I mentioned before the meeting started, Hamilton County Zoning Code applies evenly throughout Hamilton County and uh, townships that are under the, the county's jurisdiction. So, um, Madison Place was built before the zoning code was in place and before current building codes are in place. So, Ham so Madison Place actually does not meet zoning code or building code none of the original homes. So here's just a couple of examples of some of the challenges that are there. While all new builds are held to the highest standard for the new zoning code and the new building code, and those are two different processes and they're very extensive. So actually the new builds reduce the problems. We do understand the density concerns and the design concerns, but the new builds from a flood management perspective and a setback perspective actually are held to higher standards than all of the existing houses. So just two quick examples so people can understand. Under the zoning code, one example is a front yard setback. So the minimum front yard setback in all of Hamilton County is 30 feet. The majority of homes in Madison Place are about 15 to 18 feet back from the streets. Mm -hmm. So you have homes that are very close to the street. Another zoning code requirement is that there must be two parking spaces off the street on the property. The majority of houses that even, that there are many houses that don't have garages, those that do have one, uh, the size of the vehicles these days you cannot park in the parking garages. The width of the retaining walls is, is narrow and uh, so most of the houses cannot fit two vehicles in the driveway. There are many houses 
that cannot fit any vehicles in the driveway, depending on how the driveway is built and the slope down to an underground garage. And so they use a public resource, the street, to park all of their private vehicles. Mm -hmm. And that is predominant, prevalent throughout Madison Place. Mm -hmm. um, so when a builder comes in, to, or a new owner, to renovate a home or to uh, tear down a home, uh, they go through two processes with the county. One is zoning, and zoning looks at front yard setbacks, side yard setbacks, the height of the building, how many parking spaces, whether you're going to have an accessory structure, any of those other types of things. There's 20-something items in that code. And then if they are given a zoning certificate, it means that they meet the minimum standards in the county, which, as I said, none of the other homes around them meet or have ever met. Um, so it, it seems like houses, because they're bigger, are coming closer to the other houses, but they are still meeting the county setback requirements. And then, the, then they go through the second process, which is the building code. And so one of the things that new builds are, are being required to do is a stormwater management plan. So any, they calculate, as you said earlier, you have a larger footprint on a lot, and so they calculate what's called the impervious surface. So they calculate the driveway and the house footprint and then how much water is displaced. The new code requires that the property owner manage that property on their own site. Whereas none of the houses in Madison Place have that requirement. Their water goes wherever their water goes. Uh, the street is actually part of a, a water management system. Many people don't know that they get concerned with street floods, but streets are actually part of a management system. The streets collect water that rolls out from the properties and takes it onto other streets and then eventually it's collected. Um, so what happens sometimes, uh, and if there is a stormwater issue with the property next door, that's something that we can ask Hamilton County. We've done it on a couple of houses in other neighborhoods before, and it turned out not to be the case. Mm -hmm. But uh, Hamilton County has a stormwater management uh, mm -hmm. gentleman who will come out, his name is Aaron, he's terrific, um, will come out and they will review the plans for uh, the home that was built and uh, in order to get the certificate of occupancy, they the building department verifies that they built it to code. And mm -hmm. so all of the drains should be connected the way they're supposed to be. What we have found with other houses when someone has an existing home, and I'm not saying this is the case here, I'm just sharing this. We can look into it and see if this is the case or not. They're used to having a vacant lot next to them. Their water typically is running off, and the homeowner that is in an existing home is typically running off into the vacant lot because their water is not being managed under a stormwater plan because it was built before stormwater management was required. So when the vacant lot is built, the water that that homeowner, original homeowner, is displacing to the vacant lot is now staying on their property and it's flooding their own basement. But it's not the home, it's, the, it's just the, the age of, of that home. But we have an ability to call Hamilton County Stormwater and they come out usually within a day or two because we have flooding all throughout the township that's not just in Madison mm -hmm. Place, even though it's very prevalent in Madison Place because the neighborhood, again, if it were current standards, would not have been allowed to be built. And that would have been such a huge loss because it's such an amazing neighborhood. But that the area of Madison Place is actually a natural um, detention basin. And so when the neighborhood was built there, all that water still comes there. And so but good news on my final piece is that we're in process with 10-year uh, planning for road improvements. Uh, probably should have it 
done in the next month or so, we are looking at all of the conditions of all of the roads and scheduling them for improvement. And we have a stop sign system that we're working with our engineer, third party engineer, to uh, validate red, poorest condition, uh, yellow, orange, medium, and green in great condition because we've already constructed it or rehabilitated it. And uh, we have several red roads in Madison Place. We already have grants for two of them. Buckingham is one example. Uh, and then there are a number of others that are orange, that orange-yellow, that, that next up, and uh, a section of Vinewood is actually on that. And so when we reconstruct roads, we don't just repair them. We don't just resurface them. We spend millions of dollars, even though we don't have that funding. We go after grants and we spend millions of dollars to entirely reconstruct streets so that if we need to lower them so that they're not um, uh, pushing water back into property owners, uh, we can and we build um, uh, curb and gutter with drainage systems under the roads to carry that water out. And so we are looking at that as part of that whole neighborhood thing. So there's just a lot of pieces. And as, as our trustee board said, um, we'll be happy to uh, talk to the different developers and ask them to share with them some of the common concerns and common complaints and ask them to please comply. The things that are not law, we can't hold them to. We can ask them to, but we can't hold them to. Our noise ordinance is 11 p.m. to mm -hmm. 8 a.m. Uh, so those types of things, but we are more than happy to have that conversation with them. And we just spent a little more detail on that because we know that other people are watching mm -hmm. and have similar questions and thought it would be helpful for how all that process works. And um, so. And we will try to communicate with your with the contractor as well. So thank you, okay. and thank you for your comments, and thank you, Melissa, for all the research and such. And can I say one thing? I believe that you said that they have this one property and they're going to build three homes. Mm -hmm. yeah. They can't do that. There has to be three parcels. And unless they go for a lot split, and if they go for a lot split, that's a process that's public and it goes to the county. But uh, there are a lot of homes in Madison Place that sit on one home will sit on two lots one home will sit on three lots mm -hmm. sometimes the home is built in the center sometimes the home is built on one mm -hmm. and then the lot next to it is just vacant sure. but there are homes that sit in the middle uh, and have a lot on each side of them mm -hmm. but if it's one lot they cannot tear down one home and build three they have to have three lots to build three homes one lot mm -hmm. so they have to go they would have to go and request that type of lot split which is a lengthy process through the county Right. Okay. Yeah. So we, we could yeah. we could be involved in that process. Mm -hmm. if that That's the very encouraging because the lot, from what I understand, is 35, 35, 29. You're talking about each each lot front of Well, the three lots right. yeah. of the yeah. park. So it is three lots. Well, that's the that's the question that okay. we're not sure about. Okay. To be honest, we'll look into it. but well, they you, said you know 35. You look, yeah, go ahead. If you look at the auditor's website, you can see sort of like ghost lots if you will well there there's a yeah. mother lot and then there's child lots there's they're, uh -huh. they're bundled so right. that just means it's under the one owner but if it's still separate lots it's separate lots yeah and, and um the person i talked to at the county last week said that looking at the map the cages map mm -hmm. she it was her opinion that it was act, it's actually three lots that had been combined into one parcel sold as one parcel okay. now 
but it could be developed as three separate lots. Yeah. 35, 35, 29. Yeah. So and the 29, will, the 35 will be different than the 29 because the setbacks will apply to the 29, which means they will have to have a smaller structure on the 29 mm -hmm. because the setbacks are the setbacks. They don't change the setbacks based on the width of the lot. So mm -hmm. the 30 yard setback doesn't change, the side yard setbacks don't change, the width of the lot is it, and if, if they have a smaller lot, you build a smaller structure or you go up. Um, right. a larger lot, you can go to a larger structure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other? Uh, uh, Mary, did you want to add anything? Um, just, just a couple things. Um, can I sit here? You, 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 yeah. here I mean, can I do that? It won't be on. It won't be on. Yeah, you'll be on one set of the microphone. If you want to be heard, you need to. Well, yeah. let's go to the microphone. Yeah, briefly, sorry about that. Briefly. Okay, thank you. Anything? Uh, he, he didn't cover. Yeah, he's covered, you know, Brett, you, you did a wonderful, wonderful job. But I just want to thank you, you know, for your sympathy. Uh, the, this is just a nightmare that I could not have never imagined. And, you know, the house was built in 1947. I'd like to publicly say the basement of that house has never flooded uh, since the original building. And that's one of my greatest concerns. Uh, appreciated Brian who came over and spent quality time on Sunday uh, with a neighbor and myself in talking about you know what's ahead of us and again the idea of looking at the house across the street that I might have a wall that I'll be looking out my windows now within four or five feet you know my little house and then this great house next to me with a wall that comes that close and I just can't imagine that you know I have no rights to say that I this is not acceptable or not acceptable to live there under these circumstances to be suddenly overwhelmed by a huge structure is just amazing to me so I do appreciate your sympathy I, I unbelievable that a $220,000 house can suddenly be torn down and then three what I call the cookie cutter houses and I guess I'm not being as diplomatic as you are uh, the dip, you know the cookie cutter houses go up zap 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 completely altering altering the neighborhood and the character of the neighborhood of which we love very much so yes we have challenges ahead of us and I think the the flooding issue just one of the reasons that I wanted to speak to you is is there a possibility that storm drains could be built in a, in a uh, fashion, I, as I consider this an emergency situation, uh, in the 6900 block of Vinewood, since we just have the one storm drain, is at the bottom, and it is like a river that flows when we have you know massive rainstorms. So I'd like to appeal to you uh, could we have storm drains installed even maybe before this building project starts so I know Melissa I don't understand a lot about mm -hmm. what the procedures are for you but uh, anyway the flooding is a great concern I know that I have a lot to lose if my basement floods and uh, uh, I you know may not want to stay in the house as I said with the wall coming so close or a flooding issue and I hope that's not going to be the case so 
I'll, I'll at least mention to echo what Melissa said that if your basement floods as a result of this project, there will be liability to the people that are building it. They okay. now have to manage the storm mm -hmm. runoff, and it will be as good or better than it is now. Mm -hmm. That's by, by statute, what mm -hmm. have you, and the engineers will certainly police that. So that you don't have to worry about. It, it Do not worry about your basement flooding. If it does flood as a result of this, then there will be recourse. Okay. And, and, I, we, and we will be there fighting for you with recourse. So that's one thing you'll get out of us. But as Melissa said, that we've got to follow the rules, the laws, the ordinances, because one day so you, you may want to sell your house, and, and it may be a developer that wants to go. And mm. It's just the nature of the, of the beast that we right. really can't change. Because I see my property value not going up, but going down with having a house that is hovering over my house. So I guess I have no rights to say anything about how close the house can come to mine, since my property line is pretty close. I, I won't editorialize on the property values, but the, an equal argument could be made that you know the comps are going to go up, but I, that doesn't take away from mm -hmm. quality of life and and what you're going through. So I do not want to take away from that, but certainly when comps go up and neighborhoods go up and houses go up in value and with new construction costs, from a property value standpoint, that's usually a positive. From a quality of life standpoint, that's a different mm -hmm. question. So, exactly. I, and I mean that. Um, so, I don't. Again, I don't want to go into the personal mm -hmm. versus the, the 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 property values, but um, I appreciate your concern. And again, as we said, you guys have been very polite, professional. We will respond. We will be on it, and um, and continue to have dialogue with uh, mm -hmm. Melissa, myself, Brian Lamar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's down the street. Susan's here, and we will do what we can. So okay. thank you. And thank you for this forum. I'm glad yeah. that I can come here and that I have compassionate friends who are caring about this. So thank you. Thank, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. And should we follow up in terms of your conversation with the builder, the new, the new owner? Yes, we'll let Melissa be the point guard here. Okay. And sure. then, but, but certainly we may delegate this to either Brian, John, Serve easy, our super road superintendent, or myself. But okay. w w one of us. out builders daily. <laughs> so, but, 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 but we hear you. We hear you. And, and if we lean on them, that will have some reaction versus you being a homeowner. We, we, we're respectful of that. We don't really have the authority, but we can go in there and push a little bit. No, and I understand. We don't either. We have the I political muscle. Maybe sit down with the gentleman and say, yes. This is what our experience has been. You know, let's work together on these issues. Yes. That's all, that's all we're, you know. I totally respect and appreciate that, and they will react to us. Trust me. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so Thank much. You thanks for yeah. taking the time. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, with that, we move on to uh, reports. We move on to the fiscal officer's report with Ms. Heakin. Uh, Ms. Heakin, let you go on with the okay. fiscal officer's report. Um, February is the midpoint of the first budget quarter. The general fund ending balance is $2,776,619, which is a decrease of 1.5% from January. Restricted fund ending balance is $4,672,527, which is an increase of 1% from January. Um, these funds total $7,256,530, which is a decrease of 3% from January. Revenues for January were 46465 
Expenses were $239,081. Year-to-date revenues are $284,956. Expenses, $380,622. Our next significant revenue receipt will occur in April with the first half of the property tax settlements. And um, as I have said before, voter-approved <laughs> levy revenues do not fully cover the cost of public services to residents. And thanks to Columbia Township's success in attracting and supporting businesses, which we heard from a few of the happy businesses today, we are able to use these valuable JEDC revenues to continue to provide residents with a high quality and level of services. Thank you. Okay, with that, any questions about the road superintendent's report? With that, we move on to the administrator's report with Ms. Taylor. We have a 5 o'clock Jet Z board meeting, and so I'm going to just, when we have a full agenda, so I'm going to just roll through this very quickly. Uh, if anyone has any questions, they can always call us, or um, I can send a full copy to anyone who's interested. So just a quick thank you to our awesome staff, even though it's 60-something degrees outside today. Um, just a few weeks ago, we had record snowstorms and millions of people in the United States without power. So uh, our crews stand ready for whatever uh, old man winter, is that correct, uh, has to deliver to us despite today's weather. Um, on the Madison Place Firehouse, the trustees are uh, working with um, me and others out with small stakeholder groups to start sharing some of the ideas that we have for the fire, firehouse. We've been in process for a month or so and we're going to continue this month and then in early April we're going to hold a community-wide Zoom where we show uh, examples of what the firehouse could become and talk in more detail about all the great ideas we've heard as we've been going out and talking to individuals, uh, stakeholders and small stakeholder groups. Um, on vaccinations, there is a new website just revealed this week for you to directly find the closest vaccination location to you and to go ahead and schedule your shot. It's a one-stop shop. Uh, we'll post it on the website, but the if you want to Google it, it is Get the Shot Ohio um, or uh, gettheshot.coronavirus.ohio.gov, but Get the Shot Ohio will bring it up for you. So far, about 11% of the Hamilton County population is fully vaccinated. Um, we have, um, I'll skip the uh, road and pedestrian studies, uh, safety studies. We've talked about those in more detail. I'll bring that back next time, just in the interest of time. Um, on, uh, Lieutenant Enderly is here with us. Hamilton County Sheriff's Office is participating with the Drug Enforcement Agency's National Drug Take Back Program. So on April 24th, which is a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., residents can bring unused prescription drugs to the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office District 4, which is at the Village of Silverton Administration Building, 6943 Montgomery Road, and we have this on our website as well. We do this annually, but last year at this time, it was canceled because of COVID. Um, one year ago today, March 9th, the governor declared a state of emergency for COVID. So, and things started changing. So here we are today, um, a year later, and hopefully seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. On uh, our wrap up for We Love Our Businesses, 
we have uh, sent more than 400 restaurant gift cards out already and still have people registering from our Valentine's weekend launch of our second business stimulus package. And we have started weekly featuring one of the businesses on Facebook with what will $25 get you. Your free, free $25, not any $25, free <laughs> $25 get you. And so each week a different restaurant is setting up a, a spread of options for $25. We're photographing it and then putting it out on Facebook. And so uh, it's a great way to see some of the really appetizing food. So look for that. We're going to do that. We have 10 participating restaurants. We're going to do that every week, starting last week. Uh, we, we kicked off with uh, Jersey Mike's, and then this week we're going to feature the Madison Place Coffee uh, in Madison Place theme tonight, and then continue working our way through all the different restaurants. So we'll be doing that feature every week for the next 10 weeks. A reminder to everyone that you have two, as residents, you have two options to sign up. You can call Lauren at t the easiest number in the world, 272-0000. We did that on purpose. Or you can sign up on the web. So if you have not yet signed up for your free uh, gift certificates, people are raving about them and it's fun to go in and get that much food free. Uh, people are having a great time going out and supporting the businesses and as Caroline read, in 50 West's um, um, uh, letter that they are keeping employees on board through the winter, thanks to us. Uh, last, um, is that the Porsche expansion is uh, underway and uh, will continue through uh, the first phase with the new building for, for Maserati and Alfa Romeo and Volvo is uh, really taking shape and once the new building is complete they will shift gears and renovate the existing Porsche dealership. And that is my administrator's report on the fly. <laughs> okay, thank you. Then in the spirit of being on the fly, um, the economic development uh, report from Justin. Any questions about that? No. We'll move on to the police report. Any add, Lieutenant Enderley? Uh, no, actually, I'd like to um, thank uh, the administrator for mentioning the drug take back program. I was going to mention that for the benefit of the residents that are watching, but thank you for mentioning that. That's all I have. Thank you. Okay, um, then we move on to, let's just call it fire in general throughout the community. Brian, you want to go tell us about that? I'll be very brief. It's similar than last month. We're still sharing information with Marymont in terms of Little Miami Joint Fire District, and um, we, we're hopeful that we can work out a solution there with the three of those groups. Um, I want to also always reiterate um, for the Ridgewood District that your service will always be stellar. We have we will likely have options starting in January when, um, unfortunately, Golf Manor um, leaves the district. But um, also listen to the podcast in Ridgewood for more information. That's all I have on fire. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we move on to trustees' reports. I'll start with Susan. Any report? Mine, any report? I'll pass this month. The only thing I'm going to mention is uh, we got incredible feedback on the snow. So to our team and our crew, you guys are delightful, um, unbelievable, and amazing. Um, even my mother-in-law once spent the night on one, one of those real snowy days and just remarked at how incredible. She's never seen anything like it. She's <laughs> from the west side. And also, I've heard great, great feedback on the gift card stuff, um, and that's really working well. So thank you to everybody involved with that. Um, that, we move on to communications. Any questions about the communications? Then we're going to move on to the resolutions. Uh, go ahead, Melissa. 
And you can move as quickly as you okay, feel like. I'm going to go to the. I need the. I don't have the appropriations in my packet for some reason. Let me um, let me go through the others and then I'll grab that one. Do you want my copy? Can, do you have a copy? Yeah, it's not in mine. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Okay. Uh, financial uh, passage one reading only. Uh, to supplement resolution 2101, the Columbia Township 2021 annual appropriation and supplemental appropriation resolutions 2104, 2020. Um, when we have funds that were not budgeted that we receive in grants or that we receive from, for example, a road project, if we receive money from Greater Cincinnati Waterworks, which this happens to be this month, part of the uh, funding, funds that we did not expect to receive or work we spent, we need to adjust our budget. And so we do a supplemental appropriation. And so this supplemental appropriation today will take care of um, the, those matters for the past month. So um, I've read the title of the resolution. Uh, are there any questions? Nope. May I have a, a motion and a second to pass the resolution? So moved. Second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Kubicki? Yes. Ms. Hughes? Yes. The next, four, the next four resolutions are emergency resolutions. The first is uh, accepting a construction bid and awarding a contract to Ford Development for the Madison Place Firehouse Storm Sewer Improvements, authorizing the administrator to enter into a contract with Ford Development, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. On the Madison Place Firehouse, whatever we ultimately end up doing with the firehouse, it has a st uh, blocked storm um, drains and so we bid our engineer developed a bid package and we bid the project and there were five bids the range was from 138,545 up to almost 200,000 so we got a great opportunity with Ford development at 138,545 we will be tearing all the existing drains on both sides both side yards and the front yard will be completely torn up we're going to replace all storm pipes from Hamilton County drainage main under Murray into the firehouse and uh, add additional features so that whenever there is flooding from air, there are about six or seven area properties that flood into the, the lower level bit where the garage bay is where the uh, fire engines were stored were parked and so all those other properties used to be homes you know we we're talking earlier with our with our guests today those properties used to be homes they used to have green grass yards that collected stormwater they became businesses they paved the backyards now they're all parking lots and so all of that water from all of those properties around the firehouse runs down into the firehouse empty swimming pool that is the back bay so this will fix that so i'm asking uh, for the board to award this and this is an emergency resolution i have read the title of the resolution um, um, uh, any questions nope i'll make a motion we approve do i hear a second second roll call mr lamar yes mr kubicki yes Ms. hughes yes all right uh the second emergency resolution is uh, uh we're out of salt uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, let me read the resolution, sorry. Authorizing the purchase of up to 250 tons of road salt at $69.69 per ton for the 2021-22 winter season, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. The, uh, this uh, $69.69 price is on a, a bid 
uh, City of Cincinnati bid that we are uh, permitted to participate with, and the total cost of this contract is $17,422.50. We did not have to buy salt for the 20, for the this winter season to date because we were using salt we bought two years ago, so about every two years we buy salt, and so this will replenish all the salt that we used from the past couple of seasons. Uh, I have read the title of the resolution. Are there any questions? Nope. Um, I'll make a motion we approve. Do I hear a second? Second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar. Yes. Mr. Kavicki. Yes. Ms. Hughes. Yes. The third resolution, uh, emergency resolution, is our uh, electric aggregation uh, agreement authorizing the Columbia Township Administrator to enter into an agreement for the purchase of electricity for the Township's electricity aggregation program, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Um, we have we are with uh, seven other communities that we bundle all of our households and uh, we shop for uh, more competitive rates uh, on the open market and we do it separately for gas and for electric. We are currently under a two-year gas contract that went into effect in November of 2020 and it will continue through 2022. Our one-year electric contract is up this August and so we have to start early giving me the authorization to work with our broker. Our broker will take Duke's current um, price structure and will bid it out for lower price points and then we'll have to lock in on the same day the rates from a uh, supplier somewhere in the United States who will then provide electricity for all of the seven communities that are part of this program. So this resolution gives me the authority to enter into the contract once those rates are determined as all other of the administrators will be doing on the same day, signing and turning it over so that we can lock in that contract. Um, so you have heard the title of the resolution. Are there any questions? No. I make a motion we approve. Do I have a second? Second. Roll call. Uh, Mr. Lamar? Yes. Mr. Kavicki? Yes. Ms. Hughes? Yes. All right, the resolution is uh, in effect. Our final emergency resolution is um, also relating to the Madison Place Firehouse renovation, authorizing the township administrator to enter into a contract with Kydell Supply for up to $12,500 for a commercial grade refrigerator and freezer for the Madison Place Firehouse Event Center, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. Um, just really quickly on this one, uh, as a result of uh, our plans for the firehouse, we know that one of the biggest needs in the community and in the area is for community groups, nonprofits to do meetings and more importantly fundraisers. And so in order to have an event center as well as a space for that uh, use, we, we are running, uh, the firehouse will be a commercial facility, so we will have to put commercial grade materials in it. Normally, we would bundle all of this as part of the firehouse redevelopment, but due to COVID, there are production <coughs> delays and raw material delays, and we, have, uh, we are working to identify one-off items that are exceeding our projected opening in the summer of the firehouse that we are going to have to order from the sole source. And this um, commercial grade refrigerator is one of those. And so we're asking the approval. I have, in order to actually secure this piece of equipment on time, I have to take the check to Kydell tomorrow because <laughs> daily the numbers are changing um, between two meetings that I was in two, two months it went out even two months farther. So um, 
the neat thing that the community groups will be really excited about this refrigerator, what is so exciting about a refrigerator freezer is that Tisdale Distributing, uh, which is interesting, a project that David and I worked on in the 1990s huh. in Mason, huge distributorship, recently relocated to Kenwood, and I believe is opening in April, they gave us the courtesy of, uh, we spent two hours inside Tisdale in their showroom, largest commercial uh, and professional uh, appliance distributor showroom in, in multiple states, definitely the, the um, region, but multiple states. Uh, they host fundraising events as well for nonprofits. Uh, and uh, they brought a caterer in, and we went through every single appliance, and the caterer expressed that this specification was the most important because nonprofits do spaghetti dinners, bring in large pans of spaghetti, large pans of lasagna, ice cream cakes, and other things mm -hmm. that have, and big pots of chili. Mm -hmm. So we had to have something that went wide and went tall, and so because we're building this for the community, so this is a really important kind of thing. So I know that's a lot of time and attention on this, yeah, but I wanted awesome. to share that we're doing it for this, but we have to we have to buy this and, and, and a nice plug for our old customer, oh, yeah. John Tisdale. <laughs> Great so, stuff. So, um, he owes us a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I read the title of the resolution. If there are no questions. I make a motion we approve. Do I hear a second? A second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar. Yes. Mr. Kavicki. Yes. Ms. Hughes. Yes. If we sound rushed, it's because we're running out of time. Here. we got another meeting coming <laughs> yeah. up here. But Okay, go ahead. So Let's final two resolutions. Our second reading will go quickly. I have to read the titles only and then a vote after each. Authorizing the Columbia Township Administrator to enter into an amendment to the 2018 agreement with the Deer Park Silverton Joint Fire District for fire protection and ambulance services in the Silverton Fire District, Columbia Township, Hamilton County, Ohio. Um, I've read the title of the resolution. If there are no questions. Make a motion we approve. Second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar. Yes. Mr. Kamiki. Yes. Ms. Hughes. Yes. Final resolution of the evening. Uh, approving a community reinvestment area incentive recommendation to Hamilton County for a CTR development commercial project at 4040 Walton Creek. I have had the, read the second uh, reading of the title of the resolution. There are no questions. I make a motion we approve. There are a second. Second. Roll call. Mr. Uh, Mr. Lamar. Yes. Mr. Quickie. Yes. Ms. Hughes. Yes. Okay, sorry, that's a reserve. Um, all right, make a motion we approve the payment of bills, bank reconciliation, financial reports. Do I have a second? Second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar. Yes. Mr. Vicky. Yes. Ms. Hughes. Yes. And I make a motion we, we approve or the, the, for the signing of the minutes and resolutions. Do I have a second? Second. Roll call. Mr. Lamar. Yes. Mr. Vicky. Yes. Ms. Hughes. Yes. And we're about to get out right one minute in time. So <laughs> here we go. And I make a motion we adjourn. Do I have a second? Second. second. Roll call. Third. <laughs> I'm going to put that down there. Mr. Noir. Yes. Mr. Committee. Yes. Ms. Hughes. Yes. Thank you for listening. Right. Don't wait until you sign the resolutions, please. Yeah. Um. We, we, we got through all those resolutions, right? Even though they're emergency, we only had to work it out. Yeah, we got through them all. Thank you.